successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM via radio or if you're joining me on iTunes via podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Or if you're at our website, grillnationshow.com, thank you so much. Thanks for listening each and every week. I hope you're off to a great start uh, with whatever you're doing today. And I appreciate you joining us as always. It's great to have everyone listening. And I hope everything is well with you and your families and friends these days. On today's show, we are lucky to have on each and every month. We're joined by uh, Landmark National Bank, and they bring on a great, a great, uh, guest and a great show has always had. And today we're joined for the first time by Alan Ferris, who's a senior vice president at Landmark National Bank. He has quite a career in banking and uh, has been in the industry for a while and uh, is one of the leaders in the industry here in the Kansas City area. Uh, their website for the bank is banklandmark.com. Alan, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you, Jason. It's fun to join you. It's great to have you here. And uh, we are taping via Zoom. So if there's any issues, please don't hold it against us this week. But uh, I don't <laughs> think we'll be okay. Alan, tell us a little about yourself and what you do at uh, Landmark National Bank. Well, sure. I'm, I'm born and raised here in Kansas City, with the exception of four years down at Westminster College. I've lived in Kansas City my entire life. Uh, I have been in the banking industry uh, since 1976 when I graduated college uh, and for the last 17 years here with Landmark. And uh, Landmark, where where are your office out of with Landmark? I'm out on 135th Street, Noblin Park. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys have been very busy uh, with uh, PPP loans the last few months. Let's talk about that. and how you've been able to help customers and non-customers uh, before we get to, into our show today and previewing our guests. Absolutely. Jason, you know, one of the things that we were uh, really amazed was the sheer number of banks that decided they were not going to participate in this program. It was never a thought that we would not participate. Uh, you know, this is unprecedented times and small businesses are really struggling right now. Uh, so we're, you know, made the decision. We're going to jump into this with both feet. Fortunately, we've got a very strong SBA group that was leading the charge. But in the last eight weeks, we've made over a thousand loans, over $130 million. And that's representing businesses and 14,000 MPs that are, if not for this one source who knows exactly what the business would have had to do. Uh, but you said 14,000 employees, potentially. 14,000 employees, which is actually mind-boggling. 
because we're, you know, we're just a, you know, regional bank headquartered here in Kansas, about a billion in assets. And when you think about the sheer number of loans and the dollars amounts and the, you know, the families that you impacted, it's amazing. Wow. So again, that's a thousand loans you all uh, helped out with 130 million over that number and 14,000 employees at uh, Landmark National Bank here in the area, banklandmark.com. Alan, uh, kudos to you and your team. I know it's been a, a moving ball um, the last uh, two months, I guess you would say, with all of the new rate, all of the new information, and how people are adjusting from all over the, the area. Um, one of the companies that you work with is Roseman and Associates. They're going to be joined. We're going to be joined today by Scott Roseman, who's uh, he's a structural engineer by trade, but he's an owner of Roseman and Associates and, and does a lot of really great work. Tell us a little bit about that company uh, and what we're going to hear today from Scott. Absolutely. Roseman is a full-service architectural and engineering concern. Uh, they've got offices in Atlanta, in St. Louis, Denver, and, of course, are headquartered here in Kansas City. It was started by Scott's dad, Don Roseman, uh, a number of years ago, and Scott joined the business uh, and this two years ago. Don decided that it was time for him to begin to step away and sold the company by design to Scott and his younger brother, Nathan, who runs the Denver office. And the nice thing is company hasn't missed a beat. Don's not going away, but he has been uh, uh, very excited to just step back. Mm hmm. We're going to talk about that on the show um, with regards to, to working in a family business and to evolving in a family business. We're also going to kind of highlight some of the work that they all do from um, affordable housing to uh, market rate and multifamily uh, to housing, to senior living, to student life, to historic renovations and structural engineering work, uh, as you mentioned, in Denver, Kansas City, St. Louis and Atlanta. And how kind of they've grown over the years. And I, I believe Scott will probably get us into some of their, really some of their favorite projects uh, locally here in Kansas City. And, and potentially he'll, he might actually talk about some of the other work in other cities, compare and contrast. I'm really excited to hear from Scott about uh, really truthfully how kind of Kansas City kind of stacks up and what are some of the things that, that he's worked on and they've worked on that have been kind of you know, really inspirational work and kind of really made a difference in our city and uh, with individuals. It's going to be uh, interesting to hear. Um, talk to us about kind of how you work with these guys and how you help them throughout the years. Uh, I think it's, I think people don't realize until a crisis like we've had recently, like how important that the bank is and their, their relationship is. Well, absolutely. You know, one of the most important things, you know, every banker wants to deliver on the promise of service and delivering a relationship. But the proof is, how do you go about doing that? So one tangible example that we, we use, and I know Don and Scott Roseman love it, we have formal quarterly meetings set up, and they're arranged a year in advance. So in January of every year, I'm on the computer setting up appointments with Scott on a quarterly basis for the entire year. That ensures that you know, you get busy during the day and you're focused on getting the product out the door. And if you don't spend a little time to try to say, here's what I need to do to deliver on that promise. And that's 
regular, tangible, formal discussions and communication. And these meetings allow you to do it. That's great. That's great to hear that you have those so far in advance, uh, especially during uh, times like this. Alan Ferris is uh, going to be with me today on the Grill Nation show, Senior Vice President at Landmark National Bank uh, here in Kansas City in this region. Their website is banklandmark.com. A lot of great things that they do and a lot of, uh, in addition to the banking side, a lot of really cool uh, assets that they share uh, with different programs they do uh, there at the bank. We're going to have uh, Scott Roseman joining us here in just a second. He's the Chief Operating Officer and a primary owner of Roseman and Associates. They are a full-service architectural firm and design firm, engineering as well, and planning firm here in Kansas City. Really interested to talk to Scott. He's going to be an awesome guest. I have a really good uh, feeling about it. Um, And I want to thank you, Alan, for joining me. I want to thank Landmark National Bank, and I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for joining us today. show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. I hope you're having a good week. It was a great first segment of the show today. Again, thank you to uh, Landmark Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. And and, uh, Alan Ferris, again, is joining us. He's the senior vice president at Landmark National Bank. Some great information in the first segment, and now I'm excited to to bring in our guest for today's show. Scott Roseman is the Chief Operating Officer and one of the primary owners of Roseman & Associates and KCMO. Uh, The company is a full-service architecture, interior design, engineering, and planning firm in Kansas City with additional offices in St. Louis, Denver, and Atlanta. Their website is Roseman, that's R-O-S-E-M-A-N-N, two N's, dot com. Uh, Welcome to the show, Scott. Uh, Good to have you back. I'm going to have Alan introduce you guys because I know you guys have a relationship. So why don't you kind of start us off and uh, and tell us a little bit about Scott and then Scott fill in the blanks from there. Absolutely. Scott and I have worked together for about seven years. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Dave Raiden of the Capitus Group. Um, and at that point in time, they were with another bank, and we were ecstatic that they agreed to move the relationship over. Uh, it's grown from a pretty small beginning to commercial real estate, lines of credit, um, working capital, equipment all the things that every small business needs to take advantage of. Uh, The exciting thing for us uh, has been more importantly than anything else is just getting to know the Roseman family. Mm -hmm. Scott and his wife, Don and his wife, Nathan, his brother. uh, It's, it's been a joy. So, so. and uh, I'll say, you guys have quite an area of practice, Scott. Uh, I mean, you work in, and we'll get into your background here, but just for our listeners, 
I mean, multifamily, senior living, uh, licensed care for seniors, student life, historical renovations, commercial specialty and interior design, as well as structural engineering. Scott, take us through kind of how you got into this industry, uh, your background. Sure. Thank you. First of all, uh, happy to be on. Sure. Appreciate the chance to, uh, to sit down and talk with some great Kansas Cityans. Uh, growing up, I was born uh, in Wichita, Kansas, moved to Kansas City. Um, I don't know, as a six-year-old or something like that. So I uh, grew up here in Kansas City, uh, had a chance to get away for college. I went to the University of Wyoming. Uh, my, my mom's rule was that I could go as far as I wanted, as long as I could be back in one day. And uh, an 11-hour drive is about the limit, I discovered. Um, moved back. What was that drive like? Man, that, that's got to be a beautiful drive, right? Up it there. is beautiful. You're South Dakota, right? Wyoming. You you can set cruise control and take your hands off the wheel and still get home safely. It's great. Uh, so after college, moved back uh, to Kansas City and started uh, work with another engineering firm here in Kansas City that does uh, simply structural engineering. I am a structural engineer um, and loved that firm. It was a great place to work. Uh, I, I would have never left except you can't say no to family. Uh, and uh, my father, Don, founded Roseman and Associates in 1987, uh, mm -hmm. and I joined in 2008. They had been simply a, an architecture practice, uh, and in 2008, when I joined, uh, we expanded into structural engineering. Uh, so that's how we added that, that line of practice. Um, you know, we are a niche architecture firm. We're okay with it also. That was definitely one of the lessons we learned out of the Great Recession. Um, it's better to be an expert and to do really well at one thing, uh, for us at least, than to try to be a jack-of-all-trades kind of architecture firm. So, uh, you know, for us, we like to say that we know how people live. And that includes everything from market rate apartments, both suburban and urban infill. Uh, it includes licensed senior living. It includes workforce and affordable housing as well as student housing and historic renovation. So, um, you know, that that is kind of our niche. If it has a bed, we'll design it. Um, and we've been lucky enough to grow and to take that uh, that focus and expertise to uh, to a pretty large uh, regional area of the country. I, I noticed you said you started with uh, another company. So tell us about that, because you started out of college. You didn't go straight to the family business. You, you got your, uh, your you spent about five years, according to your LinkedIn, in another business. What was that like? I mean, that decision. It, it was terrific. Uh, it was it was really great. You know, there's a there's a lot of family dynamics. Uh, there's a lot of learning that that certainly uh, is best at a at a different place. Uh, a fresh perspective, different viewpoints, um, as well as the fact that I wanted to be a structural engineer. Uh, and so, you know, growing up, we always had weekend projects is what they were called at my house, which uh, is another term for, for uh, child labor, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, and looking back now, I'm doing the same thing. We're, we're, we decided to start finishing our basement ourselves uh, while we're in quarantine and uh, there's a couple of great pictures my wife took of my uh, 10 and 14 year olds swinging hammers uh, to to put together a basement. And I'm assuming your basement, your basement read of uh, redesign and uh, engineering work is spot on. Their project work is spot on. Fingers crossed. Maybe not my <laughs> trim carpentry work, but the rest of it will be okay. Uh, Alan, one of the things that uh, that you mentioned in your introduction is that 
uh, Roseman and Associates is not just uh, doing work in Kansas City. You're also in uh, other cities, St. Louis, Denver, and Atlanta. Um, Scott, how, how did that happen? How, when did you decide, when did the company decide to grow in other markets? And what was that decision uh, like? You know, for us, that decision is a direct result of our clients. Year to year, we pride ourselves on having 80 to 85% of our business come from repeat clients. And so every office that we have opened has been a direct result of existing clients who said something along the lines of, we really love working with you. We just wish you were closer. Uh, mm -hmm. And in each of those geographic locations, we decided um, that we had enough business. We liked the forecast and, and the look of the future. And it just made business sense from the standpoint of better serving our existing clients. We've not opened an office with um, a mindset of this is a really great market. We can take business from, from the area. We've opened every office with the mindset of how can we better serve the clients we have? We feel that repeat clients and, and the highest level of customer service is how you stay ahead in any business and especially in a professional services business. Alan, that's interesting. And so Landmark Bank can help, can essentially help these companies when they grow into other cities, of course. Absolutely. Uh, we've got kind of a, a, a pretty much of a regional footprint, but in Scott's case, the vast majority of management uh, as far as the financial side of the business is done by Scott here in Kansas City and their controllers here in Kansas City. But mm -hmm. We've got the ability to handle anything that happens, whether it's in Denver, Denver, St. Louis, Atlanta. Yeah, and that, that's kind of a unique uh, set of cities there, Scott. I mean, I mean, they're all they're all they all have their uh, their architectural and looks to them. They're all kind of historic. Some of them are growing quicker than others. Quite a unique part of a group of cities, and you know, two in Missouri, uh, one close by, and then in Georgia. Um, what's the team look like with with the company? I mean, how many employees do you all have? Um, how have you grown over the last, you know, handful of years? Sure. We're currently at, I think, uh, I think 42 employees is the official count. Um, about half of that is here in Kansas City. Uh, as Alan mentioned, we have a lot of the administrative and accounting functions uh, in Kansas City, as well as all of our structural engineers are here in Kansas City. Um, so, so that's about half of the office. St. Louis is our next largest office and also the oldest. We opened the St. Louis office in 93, 94, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and, and you're right, the cities are, uh, if you were coming out of MBA school and you were gonna say, what cities should you open branch offices in? Those are probably not the four you would pick. Uh, <laughs> again, we didn't, we didn't pick them with that in mind. We picked them with our customers in mind, which, um, you know, which I think is the, is the best way to operate. And, and certainly that's the thing that we like most about partnering with Landmark is that they share that same focus. They really want to be a partner in our business and uh, approach how they handle that in, in that way. They're not just a bank. They are a partner to us, just as we try to be a partner to our clients. We don't want to be a, a commodity architect that you pick up the phone and say, hey, I'd like plan numbers 1065 off the shelf and it'll fit on my site. Uh, th that's not the kind of architect that we want to be, and, and uh, that's what we value about Landmark. Where is your office located here in Kansas City? 
we're right downtown at uh, 1526 Grand, so two blocks from the Sprint Center. Um, we, we moved into our office in Kansas City in 1993 uh, when you were going to take a buddy to walk to your car if it was dark out downtown. And uh, it's been terrific to it's been terrific to see the transformation that the downtown core has had since then. That's awesome. Um, again, today on our show, we have Scott Roseman. He's with Roseman and Associates. Their website is roseman.com. That's Roseman with two M, two N's, excuse me. Um, also joined today by Alan Ferris, who is uh, obviously Senior Vice President at Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. Check it out. When we come back after the break, I'd like to talk to you Scott, about some of the specific projects that you guys have worked on in some of these different verticals uh, in Kansas City and throughout the country. And then hopefully we'll break into some uh, business entrepreneurial advice as well as kind of some of the things that have happened thanks to or not thanks to the COVID-19 crisis here going on and how it's affected your industry and policies moving forward. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We'll be right back. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me and I walk along. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Again, thanks for joining us on 980 AM. And if you're listening uh, on your car, in your car, on your phone or whatnot, and, and on uh, iTunes, we greatly appreciate that as well if you're joining via podcast. You can connect with me at Jason Grill on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, and at the Grill Nation show. Today, again, we're joined by Landmark National Bank, represented by Alan Ferris, who's a senior vice president. Their website is banklandmark.com. Thanks to them for their support. Uh, also, I am joined by our special guest today, Scott Roseman, who's the chief operating officer and a primary owner of Roseman and Associates. They're located in Kansas City, Missouri. They also have offices in St. Louis, Denver, and Atlanta, and they do so many different types of projects, uh, engineering uh, services such as uh, design builds, uh, inspection, construction, structural investigations, condition surveys. They work in all different verticals, which we're going to get in here in a second. Scott, welcome back. Let's start with that. Talk to us about the different verticals that you all work at. I know we mentioned those in the last segment with regards to multifamily and senior living and historic renovations, but Take us through some of the projects potentially that we might have heard of here in Kansas City or some of the ones that you're most proud of. Sure. Terrific. I appreciate it. You know, the first one I think I would like to start with is one that we hold dear to our heart because of the population that it serves. We were fortunate enough to partner with a great team to work on the St. Michael's Veteran Housing Project, which is uh, affordable housing for veterans that were previously homeless. And it is out near the VA hospital. And they have built a, a campus with two buildings completed and, and a third and fourth uh, planned. And they serve previously homeless veterans and have a, a wraparound services that they also provide in the building. So from an architectural design standpoint, it had to fit the neighborhood, uh, but it also had to serve the design needs of a, of a population that can sometimes have a difficult time 
living in a regular apartment. A lot of us take for granted um, how fortunate we are to have a roof over our head. And, and there's a lot of PTSD that comes from, from living on the streets. And how can an apartment building be designed to help individuals recover and reenter society? Uh, and how do we design in community spaces that are able to be used for uh, group sessions, for AA meetings, for um, mentoring when it comes to reestablishing banking practices, all about those things that um, don't go into a normal apartment project. And we were fortunate enough to, to team with a great group of Kansas Cityans uh, to work to see that project become a success. Everything you said there just kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's so many different factions and, and factors that go into those types of uh, places. And there's so much more than just, you know, having a roof over your head. Um, and, and it's such a hot topic right now. I'm glad that you mentioned affordable housing. I mean, that's something you obviously are uh, probably watching pretty closely. We, we absolutely are. And, and it's, been a, it's been a cornerstone of our business uh, since the business was founded in 1987 by my dad, Don. Um, we really believe that uh, affordable workforce housing uh, is a essential item to a truly functioning city and, and society. And a lot of times um, those kinds of projects are marginalized and um, built cheaply and designed poorly. And we have found with, with a, a little bit of architectural care, a little bit of focus on the right things, you can really create some amazing looking projects with uh, extremely long lifespans when it comes to durability, when it comes to functionality that can really serve the city well. Uh, and then you partner that uh, and, and target it to a population that desperately needs that. And the architectural challenges become much more difficult. It's not just a one bedroom, one bath apartment and, and every single one is the same. Um, so it was a really fun project to work on and affordable workforce housing is something that we are very proud to be a part of. Mm -hmm. That's great. What a model that that is. And where's that again? Can you mention that again one for our listeners? St. Michael's Veteran Housing and it's over near the VA hospital campus. Interesting. Uh, Scott Roseman and Alan uh, Ferris are my guests. Let's talk about historic renovations. So that's always a hot topic, especially where your office is, is um, restoring old uh, buildings in Kansas City and kind of keeping that architectural kind of look, but then inside you have more of a modern kind of new uh, feel to it. Uh, I'm assuming you've worked on some um, different projects with historic innovation as far as maybe hotels or multifamily or, or loft type arrangements? Yes, absolutely. All of the above, I guess. Uh, we have several lofts in the uh, in the Crossroads area. We have several lofts that we've done in the downtown uh urban core that were conversions of, of hundred year old uh, warehouse and industrial buildings that have now been turned into lofts. Uh, we have worked on a, a hotel project, uh, the Hotel Indigo that was at the old Brookfield building at uh, 12th and Main. Uh, we recently converted into a Hotel Indigo with apartments above. So the top three floors are uh, pretty large apartments. The lower six levels are hotels. All of the apartment residents have the use of the hotel amenities. Uh, so kind of a neat project. You see it a lot in larger uh, metropolitan areas, but but uh, not so much in, in kind of mid-markets like Kansas City. Uh, mm -hmm. And then another renovation, uh, it didn't quite meet the 
official definition of historic, but another exciting project that we've recently finished is the anthology of the plaza, Senior Living. Uh, it was a conversion of a five-story mid-80s office building that we actually converted into high-end senior living, uh, licensed assisted living and memory care. Uh, it's right, right near the fountain on the east end of the plaza. You guys are working on a lot of great projects, it sounds like. Um, so, Alan, I'm curious uh, with Scott. Now, what, what, what happened? How did this industry, how was it affected with the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, you know, how, how, what are you seeing, Alan and Scott? Let's talk about that. But, you know, I know the banking side of things, but Scott, I mean, I just, what, what happened? I mean, did these projects continue? Was there stalls? What effects did it have? You know, for us, we're still waiting for the worst of it, I guess I would say. Um, we have had four or five projects go on hold at different stages in the process. Um, they have all been projects you would guess, uh, right? So we had a hotel project in St. Louis that went on hold. It was a large 20-story historic uh, building that was going to be converted into a couple of hundred hotel rooms that's gone on hold. Uh, and then we've had several senior, uh, student housing projects go on hold also. Uh, a lot of our senior housing developers uh, are very nervous. Um, if universities say, don't come back in August, don't come back in January, we've really figured out this whole online learning. Um, there's not much need for student housing. Uh, what a terrible way to be a college student, right? Uh, uh, all of the other parts that go along with college are lost too. Uh, so I, I'm glad I'm not signing up for that. Uh, but they're under, understandably having uh, some some heartburn. The rest of our projects have been have been moving straight ahead as as well as they can. Uh, you know, the bigger problem we've seen has been several cities who have said, "You're welcome to continue construction, but we're not sending city inspectors to inspect construction." We have had projects in some cities that shut down construction sites, uh, but are slowly reopening them. You know, most of our projects have such a long development timeline uh, between city zoning approval, design approvals, uh, completion of drawings and being a project rolling that they've not been affected yet because all of the financing was in place. All of the city approvals were already in place. Um, so for us, you know, our, our most nervous time is going to be in the next three to six months if if all of the lenders start freezing money like they did in the Great Recession uh, and not choosing to invest in real estate development. Uh, if everyone is nervous about demand for those types of projects not being there, that's when we'll see the worst start to affect our business. Mm. Fascinating uh, conversation because I, I forgot, you know, you guys do do student uh, projects and obviously hotels are affected, you know, we couldn't, couldn't build them fast enough a year or two ago. We couldn't, you know, and I think your point about colleges is interesting because I, you know, what's education is usually the last thing to evolve alongside politics as far as technology and systems and uh, the college experience, you know, is always going to be important for a group of people, right? You know, so I see, I mean, I don't know, but maybe there's a little more online stuff, but at the end of the day, when people can go back to school, I think they're going to want to go back. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. We have a, a family friend who's a professor at KU, and they have already been told from all of their administrative uh, heads to prepare as if August school will be online. 
Uh, I hope I'm not giving away any <laughs> any closely guarded secrets. Uh, but you know, it, it just makes sense. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, and then we have another good family friend who has a a student in college out of state, and he was the the student was so sick of being home that he got in his car and drove back to school last weekend just to hang out. So <laughs> two sides of the coin. Very much so. Alan, I know you're going to be alongside for the ride here with Scott, depending on what, what no matter what happens in the, uh, the next few months. Absolutely. And Scott has seen the ups and the downs that every business goes through. You know, eight, nine, 10 were not great years for Roseman Associates, but they knew how to tighten their belt. They knew what changes needed to be made uh, to live through it. And uh, they emerged in 12 and really have been on a magnificent run for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. In our last segment today, guys, I'm going to bring you back after the break. We're going to have a lot of questions, but I'm really interested to see kind of what the family, working with your family is like, uh, Scott. Also, maybe some of the things you learned about yourself in the last few months, as well as uh, (laughs) some of your favorite projects in addition that you've mentioned, but also... Um, what are some of the differences in the cities that you see and and where's Kansas City going to be in the next five to ten years do you think we're going to learn a lot here on the Grill Nation show thanks for listening to our show on 980 AM and on iTunes we'll be right back after the break Welcome back to our final segment of the show today. We are joined again by Landmark National Bank, Alan Ferris, Senior Vice President at the bank, Great Bank in Kansas City, uh, banklandmark.com. Also joined by Scott Roseman, who's the Chief Operating Officer and one of the primary owners of Roseman and Associates here in Kansas City. Uh, their website is Roseman, R-O-S-E-M-A-N-N.com, and I'm your host, Jason Grill. So, Scott, we were talking about your projects. One thing we did to talk about a little bit is working for the family business. Uh, as you mentioned, your dad started it in 1987. So it's it's a, a little bit over 30 years old, right? And so uh, it's not a new business, but it's not a super, super old business. Um, 30 years is a long time for many. What, uh, what What is that like? Talk to us about that and working with your family and kind of uh, you know, because there's a lot of people here in the, that are listening that are business folks, entrepreneurial folks, people in our community who maybe uh, have thought about that around uh, certain times of their lives. Sure. You know, I would say for us, working with family is great. We we really love it. We really get along well. Um, I would definitely say it's not for everybody. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who have tried it too, and uh, and they have a different a different story. Um, you know, I think much like any good partnership. Um, whether it is in business or or personal, uh, or even you know with your own kids, uh, the key is is learning to communicate, and frankly, knowing when not to communicate uh, about certain things. We have a, a very hard and fast rule that you don't talk about business at home, um, you know, and and we stick to that almost almost to a fault sometimes. Um, you know, I'll uh, I'll come home and say hey, talk, you know, just be talking to my wife, and she'll say. 
Oh, hey, how's your brother doing? I said, oh, well, I talked to him six times today, but I certainly didn't ask him how he was doing, right? It was about <laughs> business. Uh, you know, so so we definitely kind of kind of keep a wall up between personal and business. Uh, that being said, you know, who can you trust more than family? And so being in business with family, there is a great sense of relief in knowing that your business partners truly do have the same end goal in mind, have the same focus, uh, and they're there to have your back. Alan, um, you work with a lot of uh, companies that uh, are family owned, or is this unique? Oh, no. The vast majority of our customers are closely held family owned businesses. Uh, some have multiple family members involved. Uh, but, you know, when you own your own business, the way that Scott does, uh, whether it's just your wife that's involved or your kids, uh, it's, it's the thing that everybody has to live out of and you do whatever it takes to make it prosper. Mm -hmm. Scott, it's funny. I have a, a law degree and, um, my dad is a lawyer and has a, his own general practice and I worked there for a little bit, but I just, uh, I didn't want to be a full-time attorney working for a general practice. So I, I, I know what you're talking about, but, uh, what have you noticed? I know you work in four different cities. What, what are some of the unique uh, differences? I mean, is it, is it all policy differences? Is it, is it easier in some cities than others to move forward with some of these development projects? Uh, what, 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 how do you compare these cities? Uh, I know two are in Missouri, of course, St. Louis and Kansas city, but Denver is a fast growing city and Atlanta is as well. Tell us about that. I'm curious to know how they're different. You know, there's a lot of differences and a lot of similarities too. Um, St. Louis and Kansas City are obviously the the two that are the easiest to compare, and and everyone uh, does often. Uh, you know, I, I think it's often been said Kansas City is the easternmost West Coast city, and St. Louis is the westernmost East Coast city, uh, and that mentality definitely plays out. We see it absolutely. Uh, I love both cities. Our our company loves both cities. Um, you know. Uh, Kansas City seems to have a, a little bit more momentum as a general city right now than St. Louis does. Um, I think I think that's for a lot of reasons um, that are political more than anything. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, entrepreneurial spirit seems to be a little bit more alive currently in Kansas City than St. Louis. Hard to say. The, pro right. the projects are still rolling it, it, before COVID-19, I guess you would say, in both cities. Uh, and maybe yeah. Denver and Atlanta are a little more... Uh, there's more cranes in the air in those cities. Yeah, Denver and Atlanta are just on fire. I don't uh, know how it happens. You know, fifty and a hundred thousand people move to each city. You know, every year that they're adding to their population is significant. Not just not just new births, but uh, transplant people moving in. Uh, you know, the Denver market is is astronomical. I don't know how. I don't know, frankly, how our staff managed to live uh, in some of the parts of Denver uh, just with rent the way it is. Uh, it's become a very expensive city. Uh, we've noticed that Atlanta seems to be the financial hub of real estate development for the rest of the Southeast um, region. And so that has, has definitely made a difference uh, in Atlanta. What's funny, yeah, Denver's grown quick and it's not too far away. So maybe some of those folks that maybe don't like to ski or, or be in the mountains so much will um, will migrate east at some point. Um, maybe the Hyperloop will make it to Denver. <laughs> um, Kansas City, talk to us about where you kind of see our, our city moving in your industry. 
um, you know, we got to continue to grow, but it sounds to me like there's a lot of opportunities here too. Absolutely. And, you know, we, uh, being just a block off the streetcar route, uh, have already seen the impact of, uh, you know, of a political decision that, uh, caught a lot of flack. Everybody was on one side or the other. And, um, you know, I guess I would say going all the way back to the Sprint Center and the Power and Light District, um, you can throw the airport into it in the same decision-making process in my mind. These are a lot of very large um, civic infrastructure projects, even though it's not infrastructure how we think of it traditionally. It's not sewer and water, but, you know, city-backed projects that end up being controversial and everybody has an opinion one side or the other. Mm -hmm. But when you look back now, 10 years, 15 years on, on power and light and sprint center, uh, they've made a real difference to our city. They have added momentum. They have added uh, a sense of pride to the city. Uh, you know, whether the streetcar is running empty or not, Kansas city can say we have a streetcar. We can say we have a comprehensive plan for a new airport to take our city forward for the next hundred years. You know, there's no doubt that that Sprint Center and Power and Light have reinvigorated all of downtown uh, and the growth in the crossroads, the growth just across the river in North Kansas City, uh, you know, ongoing growth into the West Bottoms. Uh, I'm not sure any of that happens without a city that's willing to commit to reinventing itself. Um, so in that regard, I'm very excited about our city and, and what the future holds for Kansas City. Yeah, it's great. And I think you're going to notice too more of the affordable housing stuff that you guys have been working on kind of moving forward with the new regime in uh, City Hall. Um, Scott Roseman has been our guest. Roseman Associates, their website is Roseman, R-O-S-E-M-A-N-N.com. Incredible website with an amazing portfolio of, uh, of work in the local area as well as in St. Louis, uh, Denver, and Atlanta. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I also want to thank uh, Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. And Alan Ferris, who's the Senior Vice President. Alan, uh, this is the first time we've had you on the show, and uh, it's, it's great to have you on. And thank you very much for, for bringing on such an awesome guest and such an awesome company. Thank you, Jason. This is fun. Yes, it has been. Scott, thank you so much, and good luck uh, moving forward. And uh, we look forward to talking to you down the road. And I'm definitely going to follow what you all are working on here in the near future. Sounds great. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on iTunes. We appreciate it. We'll see you again next week. Take care. I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined.